Hey, it's Chris Jones with The Jones Zone, and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Jones Zone at Keller Williams Realty. That's right. We sponsor our own podcast. So if you know of anybody looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest in residential real estate in the Charlotte, Rock Hill, Fort Mill area, have them connect with us on their favorite platform. Enjoy the show. It's Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. How are you doing, Brian? Doing well, man. Doing well. How How's your you? morning? We just got back from Bar 3, which is, we did a video at Bar 3. It's a Pilates yoga studio here in Fort Mill. It's actually a franchise but uh, my legs are hurting yeah that was pretty I literally we, we did like a two-minute workout was she just really ran through like a quick two-minute workout but it was all legs and like squats and pu- squats and pulsing yeah and yeah I lactic acid build up in my I can't feel my legs yeah my legs are hurting too it's uh pretty intense you wouldn't think that just by looking at it like I don't know what is that is that chauvinism or yeah machismo yeah or? that's macho- yeah you're just like oh yeah a yoga class but I can do that then like ah <laughs> my legs. <laughs> All right, today we're here with Yasmin Young, who is basically a, an empowerment advocate for women and youth in heart, our area. Heart of gold. Heart yeah. of gold. And she um, is the leader of Chocolate Lady, and also the leader of Rain R E I N. And both of those are uh, organizations and and movements, I guess you could say, to help empower people in our area. So, Yasmin, welcome to the Jones Zone. It's good to have you. Yes, thank you. So awesome finally meeting you. Hello, hello. Hola. <laughs> Hola. So, uh, yeah, that's a real brief and quick introduction about who you are and what you're doing. But if you don't mind, walk us through a little bit of your story and how you got into doing all this stuff. Sure, sure. Um, first of all, thank you guys for having me here oh, it's today. Oh, our pleasure. It's our pleasure. I'm um, super excited. And I would have to start back and, and let everyone know that um, I grew up in New York City. In mm. Spanish Harlem, so Spanish soy, Harlem. Soy Boricua. I mean, is that where Nas is from? Puerto, no, Nas? no, Nas is from Queens. Queens. Gotta get it right. Okay. On, that's what I'm asking. I don't know. I didn't know. <laughs> he, his, his street cred is my street cred. Like is a ten out of ten. This uh-huh. is like a one maybe. He, he, he's not in the streets like I am. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I keep my ear to the streets, you know. But truly, like that's that's where my roots are, right? So I grew up in New York City and um, was exposed to a lot at a really young age. And um, through those experiences, I always knew that um, something different existed in the world. And so I always had this desire to want to find out what that difference was. Um, and through the years and through experiences and through bad relationships, um, in the last few years, I discovered that um, we all have a piece of chocolate hidden with, within us. And so the chocolate lady was born um, in 2016. And um, the, the Chocolate Lady is truly a movement to help women heal, to help women come and find their true identity. Um, I'm a believer in Christ, and so I want women to understand that their identity is not of the world. And when they can look back and reflect on um, experiences that, that got them through, um, that they all have a piece of chocolate hidden within inside of themselves. So elaborate on that a little bit. Just, I mean, I don't want anyone thinking that you're, you're, you own a bakery or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. What's the philosophy behind it, and then what's the story that that sparked all this? Sure. Um, so the chocolate lady for me, um, growing up, I, I dealt with a lot of, um, 
I had a lot of experiences that weren't so great. There was some abuse and neglect um, in the home. Um, and even still, I had this yearning inside to, to know what love was, right? Like, uh, who sings this on What's Love Got to Do With It? <laughs> Tina Turner. Uh, yes. So, um, Anything music trivia, I got you. You got? Yeah. Man, he says, like, two, two to zero. What you got? Dude, I, I, you know I don't have much. I thought Nas was from Spanish Harlem. <laughs> But uh, is that is that population mostly Hispanic Americans? Well, it was when I was growing up. I actually visited New York a couple years ago, and it's unrecognizable. It's like so. Little Italy. Little Italy is a shell of its former self. Mm. Yeah, it's insane, and that's kind of you know you you go through certain phases, and let's let's bring that back, right? So you go through certain phases in life, and you use to certain experiences, and then when you go back and you reflect, it's a little bit different, mm. right? Mm. Um, so this this chocolate lady, this chocolate movement, um. Every weekend, I, I got to spend time with my grandmother, my grandfather, my sister and I. She's about 14 months older than me. Um, and my grandparents really showed me what love was, right? So there was just, there was constant serving. Like my grandmother always did stuff for the community. Um, she always had people in, in, in the house. Um, and this is kind of a, a side funny comment is she would always whoop out fried chicken from her purse. <laughs> No, no, we didn't need any of that. That's the, the grease that was the extra. Awesome. That was a gloss for the lips. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but she did. And so so that servant heart, that servant is what I kind of saw on the weekends. So the awesome thing is that their favorite holiday was Valentine's Day. So every year for Valentine's Day, whether it fell on a Monday or a Sunday, right, she would receive a box of chocolates from my grandfather. Every year he tried to outdo himself and get a larger box of chocolate. And he would tell us that's how his how much his love for her grew every year. Okay. So the thing is, you know, when we get things, we want to share them, right? So she would wait. It didn't matter if it was a Monday or Tuesday, she would wait until Friday to open up this box of chocolates and share it with my sister and I. So what I discovered is that even though during the week life was one way, I knew that this experience of love was real. And I knew that having chocolate as a, um, what do you call it, as a symbol of his love for her um, is kind of what filled this gaping hole in my heart through the years. So that's kind of where the story came from for the chocolate lady. Um, and what I've been fortunate to do is I do workshops for women. Um, I work with a lot of women in recovery, um, alcohol and drug addiction, and I bring them back to finding their chocolate. So, so we go through the pain of, okay, what got us here? But we don't get to stay here. So let's find that little piece of chocolate in your life that's gonna keep you moving forward. Now, is there a mental health component to this? Are you, are you like licensed clinically or are you just kind of like a no, friend and a mentor almost? I, I would say I'm very, I speak with a lot of women and the, the constant that I hear is, there's something about you that allows me to be vulnerable. And I appreciate that I can just feel open and honest. And for me, that's a gift, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I get to allow women to look back and start to heal. Um, but there's no credentials. I'm on Team Jesus. That's it. <laughs> well, I mean, I would think that would be more welcoming, really. You know, I mean, if you're someone that went through rehab or some sort of addiction, and whether it's the courts or your spouse or whoever is making you take all these classes that are formal and you got to sit in front of therapists and doctors. I mean, running across someone like you would probably be refreshing and they'd probably be more receptive to it knowing that 
you're coming from a good place and you're not forced to do it, right? Yeah, I mean, that's actually something I never gave much thought. And I would have to say that it's, um, I, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And I feel for these women. I remember when I got ready for my workshops, I said to myself, because we all have that inner dialogue that keeps oh, yeah. us away from doing what we should be doing. It's like, <clears throat> yes, you don't have those credentials. Yes, you were never in addiction. You don't have the same experiences as these women. And what was um, kind of enlightened one day was, you may not have those experiences as these women, but you were the victim because of someone who was an addict and who dealt with what these women are. So you can come in from the perspective of, you know, hey, I've been in your shoes, but on the other side, mm -hmm. and guess what, I forgive. And that was the one thing everyone wanted to know was, you know, do you forgive this person? Do you, do you still talk to them? And yeah, I, I'd had no choice but to forgive them if I wanted to live my life in freedom. Mm -hmm. Where do these workshops take place and how can people get involved with them? Um, we have a, a, a sort of active website, I'm, I'm not website, I'm sorry, Facebook page, it's, it's the Chocolate Lady, and um, I do a lot of these at um, facilities that host um, recovery programs, oh, okay. so it's not something, I'm very open to it, because at the end of the day, we all have something that we need to heal from, so... I welcome any of your um, listeners and anyone here that are supporting. If if you have a space, I am absolutely happy to come out and, and share my my love of chocolate. So you're you have a this is very inspiring. Uh, you're you're an inspiration to others. Uh, who inspires you? So that's a good question. Um, woo! That's that's three and zero. Oh. Come on, what you got? <laughs> come on, Chris. But he he gave you that right. I told him to ask. You told him to ask that, right? Maybe, maybe. Uh. <laughs> um, of course, it took me eight minutes to get it out. I was stuttering like an idiot. <laughs> so I, I have to go back to something I'm very passionate about. And this is, is kind of, it's, it leads into why do I have a nonprofit and where did that come from? I believe in the power of mentorship. You know, we don't go through our experiences to keep them for ourselves. <clears throat> so growing up um, in Spanish Harlem and East Harlem, uh, there was an after-school program called East Harlem Tutorial Program. And um, I, I learned in my later years it was for at-risk. I didn't realize I was at-risk, <laughs> but I was. And um, this program kept people um, off the street, kids off the streets, right? So it, there was tutoring, there was mentoring. Um, and in this program, the executive director at the time is Carmen Vega Rivera. And um, she saw something in me. So she kind of followed me, and she always would reach out to me, and she always wanted to know that, I was okay. And so I'm, I'm excited because here I am 30 years later and Carmen Vega Rivera is still in my life. Mm. So when I launched Rain back in 2014, I called my mentor and I said, hey, I have this idea. I want to work with children um, and I want to give back. I want to teach children that the power to overcoming anything is servant leadership. Mm. So I want to teach kids how to be a leader, but we do that through the service to other people. And she helped me with um, everything to get you know a nonprofit set up, and so so she gets all the accolades because she believed in me, and still to this day she still does. Yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about Rain? What what does that look like? <clears throat> so Rain is an acronym for um, respect, empathy, integrity, and neighborly, and those are the core values that our children go through. We do an eight week program on a horse farm. Um, why horses? I grew up in a city. I don't know anything about them. <laughs> why horses with rain is because 
Horses will teach you immediately what it is that you're experiencing. So for example, if I have a child that comes to this program and they have an attitude or they have a rough day, they're not gonna get that horse to respond to them. So there's, there's this immediate understanding of, okay, I need to respect this horse if I want this horse to do things that I want it to do. So those core values are lived out on the farm. And it goes back to, I, 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 how do I explain it? Like we all, in, in my belief, like we all came from, from the earth, right? Like everything was created from, from dust. So to be able to take children, to come back to the land, to be able to understand cultivating the land, to be understand growing crops and being able to then use that crop to start a business, to help a local community. All that is, is part of our program so that kids really understand the value of what it means to do for yourself, but to serve for other people. Right. Mm -hmm. There's, um, horses are used in a lot of programs. There's, they're, they're used with a nonprofit here locally uh, for veterans with post-traumatic stress and uh, so yeah horses yeah there's a big animal therapy type of s spectrum on uh, treating people in play therapy too but animals for sure when I worked in social worker or when I was a social worker we had various programs where it was mainly just dogs but people would come with their with their dogs and the children would pet them and and uh, like you said, animals have that sense of like, dude, what's your problem? Like, it, relax. They, yeah, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's just kind of like that, that dog, right? Like, it doesn't matter what kind of day you had, that dog is going to love on you no mm -hmm. matter what. Like, that's, I think, wouldn't it be great if we could all be like that? Yeah. <laughs> but that's not easy. Do children think it's a punishment at first? They're like, I got to go to the farm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got to do what? I got to brush a horse? Yeah. Oh, I had one girl, let's see, um... I had so there, I've I've had a few girls come through our program in the last like two years and and there was a there were these sisters who um, came to the farm and I had found out after they came to the program that her mo their mother had passed away and they were only thirteen years old so when the mom passed away the um, aunt uh, so the mother's sister had guardianship over them. No less than three months later, the aunt passed away. Mm. So talk Jeez. about feeling abandoned, That's alone, awful. like, yeah. you know, so they come to this farm and they feel this sense of connection and the sense of freedom and trust. And um, the hardest thing for me was when our program was done, um, we're still a work in progress. So I want to be able to get these kids through the eight week and then figure out a way to get them to come back and start to work with other kids and serve. And we're not at that capacity yet. Um, but the aunt, the the guardian that now took over was asking, you know, what what can I do with my girls? Like they they need these horses in their life. So it showed me that um, you're headed in the right direction um, using these amazing animals. Where is the, where is this horse farm? So um, we started off at the Lada Plantation. Uh, that's in like more like Huntersville area. Um, we've transitioned out of that space. So right now what we're doing is kind of reaching out to local places that are willing to bring us, um, it, it, you know, as long as they can um, accommodate the horses, we accommodate the curriculum and the training and the waivers and all that. So we don't have an actual horse facility that's in our plan and our, in our you know, long term is to have a place where kids can come to and this is, this is theirs. Yeah. 
I wonder if the Springs Complex or somewhere like that has like. I actually don't know what Springs Complex is. Oh Out man, yeah. it's like five minutes from here. You should look into it. Ah. There's yeah, a place in Clover that does it as well. That'd be good. Okay, so you guys are giving me some awesome tips. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. That's uh, that's what we do, right? Yeah. <laughs> Provide value to everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So I'm I'm really interested in in this program. Um. Other than the horses, I mean, do they stay there, or do they, is it once a week for eight weeks, or how does it? Yeah, so it's typically a, a, it's an eight week program, and they come for about two hours. And what so there's a set curriculum that we use um, to teach the different life skills and the values that we believe in, um, and then there's a part where they come back and they give back to to the um, horse farm. So whether they're coming and they're cleaning stalls, which I have some awesome photos that these kids are like, really, I've got to do this. But they do it, right? Um, and what's what's neat is that I, I, I have three awesome kids, and I have a little bambino on the way. <laughs> um, and my youngest one has really adapted this culture of servant leadership. And as a mom, right, I had my first daughter when I was 19, so I had no clue what I was doing. So I've got one going to college, and i got one on the way. I still, oh, I still am like, what is going on? But You'll never get out of, out of PTA. Uh, <laughs> no, no, PTAs are forever <laughs> for me. But what I've discovered through my years of experience, right, not knowing how to be a mom and now understanding it a lot better, is that they really truly become a part of the culture, right? So what you see at home, what you experience, we're exposed to. Um, so it's kind of neat for me to sit back and look at my seven-year-old, have all these dreams and aspirations of, I mean, he has his entire business plan that he is going to... That's remarkable. I mean, it's crazy. He's going to get rid of the homeless population. Like, he is going to help them, empower them, serve themselves so that they can get out of that. And, and, and yeah, like, for us, we're like, oh, my God, that's great, kid. Keep dreaming. But the reality is, if you don't dream, where are you going to go? Yeah. You know? And I remember, for me, um, when I went through this program at East Harlem Tutorial, my only dream was that there was two I had two roads two options where at 22 I would either be a single mom or dead so I just remember that moment where I passed the age of 22 I felt like I made it even though I didn't have any accolades I didn't there were so many things that I didn't know and I didn't do but I felt like inside like yeah as you made it you overcame um, and then here I am you know a couple years later without giving my age <laughs> You know, life is just starting to make a little bit of sense to me. So, what did you do in the in the interim between twenty two and starting Rain and starting the Chocolate League? Oh my gosh, I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, join the club, Chris. Ay ay ay. I um, you know, I, I I had a relationship that I ran into at the age of eighteen because that's what you do growing up where I grew up. When you go through stuff, you run. If it doesn't seem right, if it doesn't feel right, if there's something coming to attack you, you run. And what I've learned through those years is that the more you run, the more that chase is going to keep going. So if you want it to stop, then you need to stop and face it. So whether it's fears, whether it's adversities, whether it's um, you know issues with a spouse or issues with, with your children, you have communication. You have those, let's sit down and let's figure this out. And so, you know, through these years, I would say that's my biggest aha is like, there's no more running. You stop and you face your fears. And that's my, um, you know, that's my message behind the chocolate lady. Yeah. Like, let's stop running. You know, let's, let's face our fears and let's embrace what we've experienced and let's help other people heal. Talking about earlier about a dream, 
reminds me of Tony Robbins' quota that I know. It says, if you, if you talk about it, it's a dream. If you envision it, it's possible. But if you schedule it, it's real. Mm. If you schedule it. Hmm. So does that mean writing it down? Yes. Oh, who writes stuff down? I know. <laughs> so that's something I've done. Um, yeah. I think one of the things you and I you know, talked about before yeah. was kind of goal setting and, and what are your goals and... Um, I didn't ever write anything down. I just keep everything in my head because that's just easier, right? Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is the more you write stuff down, the more real it becomes. Um, so I did something last week that I'll share with you all, and uh, maybe you all can consider to do the same thing. So I wrote myself a letter, and it was, Dear Yasmin, and I didn't know where I was going to go with that pen. <laughs> but what I did was I wrote to myself all the things that I want to accomplish in the next 12 months. Um, and I believe that all of those will come to fruition um, because when you write it down, there's just something with the, the power of the pen and paper. And it's not, let's not type it, let's not, you know, I'm, I'm old school. I don't, I don't, technology is great because we need it, but let's get a pen and a paper. Do you write this in future tense or is it past tense? Like 12, like 12 months from now, you say, are you writing like what you've accomplished or are you writing it present day? What I'm going to what accomplish. What I'm going to accomplish is what I did. I would say whatever floats your boat. Okay. Whatever you want to do, but... But no cheating. Like, I'm not... Like, you can't say I'm going to have a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, in Yasmin's case, I'm going to have a, a baby. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's like, oh, we already know that, right? Yeah, but like... You're going to have one. So yeah, let's dream a little bit. So, um, one of the things that I, I want to put out um, to everyone is maybe you can help one of my dreams come true is in the next 12 months, I want um, to receive a thousand letters from women all across the world. It's like, I'm a big dreamer, right? So I stopped. A thousand women. A thousand they, women. You want them to mail it to you. They can, well, we'll have email? to find an address. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so we can email it. Um, they can tag, you know, the chocolate lady on Facebook. Um, but I want women to start to say, hey, I want my piece of chocolate. Um, I think what's really funny is that when I look back in life, my most favorite movie is Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. And it just makes sense. I'm like, wow, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And um, Is that a quote from the movie? No, I made that up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard that before? No. Oh, I need to trademark that one. <laughs> Um, and it is, right? Like, it, let's, let's take a minute, go down memory lane. We've got all these different types of chocolates when you open up a box, right? Unless you have the cheat sheet, mm -hmm. you're going to know what's in there. But if you don't, you know, open one up, and it's going to be nutty. And sometimes <laughs> you got some nutty people in your life. Maybe you got some nutty relatives. Maybe you have some, some things that you're going through that you just feel like crazy nutty. Um, sometimes we have a caramel. Mm, you know? Now we're talking. Right, right? Caramel smooth, it's creamy, it's rich. Like sometimes life is rich and it's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, and this one is kind of gory. I, I'm, I'm going to give this one to my cherry. husband. You're talking about the cherry. Yeah, that's where I was going with the cherry. How'd you know? Because I, you, I, <laughs> I said gory. And it, I was already thinking about the nastiness of the cherries inside and how so, I get so disappointed when I bite into it and I like, spit it out. It's like, oh, that's not right. And sometimes. I mean, for, for people, they go through bloodshed. You lose family. You, you lose a sense of, of, of who you are. Um, but we don't know what we're going to get. And then we find that one that we love. Maybe it's vanilla. Maybe it's mint. Maybe it's, maybe it's a combination. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. But I'll take some of my chocolate and I'll bite it. And if I don't like it, or if I do, I'll take like a strawberry, 
half, and I'll take like a caramel half, and I push them mm, together the after hybrid, I bite it. Man, <laughs> yeah. So, and sometimes you have to do that. <laughs> Her husband's like, "What are you doing? All the, why are all these chocolates all mangled? <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna bite half of all of them? I can't just eat them all, right?" Don't give me that box of chocolate stuff. I was looking forward to this all day. <laughs> so that's, at the end of the day, like, we don't know what chocolate we're going to get. What's the follow-up plan for the women that come to the workshops? Do you stay in touch with them? And, like, what's that look like? So I, you know, I'm all about being vulnerable. And um, I don't have a plan yet. But that's the thing. is like, it's it's not about getting these women excited and start... So what's next? What's that movement like? Um, and, you know, I have a lot of dreams, a lot of visions. Um, there's, there's, I want to bring some people on the road with me. Um, a lot of times I work with uh, at-risk teenagers, a lot of women, uh, young girls. And um, a few of them have come up to me and they said, hey, we want to tell our story. So I feel like giving them a place mm-hmm. to share their story opens up some healing. Um, I have... I won't share any names um, to protect privacy, but I have a woman that um, I went through the, the drug and addiction program and, and she's out and we stay in, you know, um, in contact and that was a God thing because we, we saw each other in the street. There's, there's no exchange of information. She would never have my information and vice versa. When she was out, she was doing well. You know, we met and um, all the things, the dreams that she had inside of her that she never knew that she had. And she says, you allowed me to think beyond the moment. Like, you helped me to discover my why and my purpose. That even though this moment was painful, and even though I had to sit and look at my children hurt because I didn't know how to handle life, you gave me hope. And so that's what it is, is maybe I'm not the one that's going to keep them going on to the next phase, Mm. but they were empowered enough to empower themselves to start digging out why are they here, why did they go through that, and what can they do because of this experience. Yeah, and just gets in that ball rolling and let them, give them that yeah. inspiration to think bigger and get started on their journey. So Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the things that you've done with the youth? You mentioned that. Um, how have you served some of the youth in the community? Um, so I've got to go back to the horse farm. Um, we had about 20 kids come out last year and um, just do some work on the farm. Um, I, I go back to that servant leadership, right? So when you when I hear the word leadership, I feel like it's so overused. It's like, let's be a leader, let's create leaders. But what is a leader, right? Is that you're doing for the people, or you're serving yourself, or you're in a power position. Um, so for me, like I, I feel that God really gave me this, um, this new terminology. Um, I don't have the year, but it's Robert Greenleaf. I feel like it was... Oh my gosh, like maybe like 1982 or something like that. And, and he started this, um, after he did his corporate experience at IBM, you know, he's, he, he did an analysis of what worked well in corporate and what didn't. And he found that the ongoing component was those that served other people seemed to just really excel and soar. And it was just a better work environment. So I, I want to not pick up his legacy, but spread that message of being a servant leader. So um, giving these kids that I've worked with an opportunity to come and give me ideas. Like, hey, guys, what do you want to do? How do you want to serve your community? So we had an elderly lady last year who needed some, like, pavement work and garden work done in her home. Got a couple of the teenagers, and, and we, we got to work. So it's... I believe they're not the youth of tomorrow, but of today. And if we allow them that platform, 
we will absolutely be surprised at the work that our children can do mm-hmm. today. <laughs> I believe that children are the future. If you guide them well, let them lead the way. Wow. That sounds like a... You're full of them today. <laughs> I'm on fire. I don't know. We need one of those... Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. Though. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, Yasmin. Well, let's take uh, another minute or so and just kind of bring us home. I mean, uh, tell people how they can get in touch with you and then tell people um, the programs that you're running and stuff and just kind of... Sure. Um, I would say I'm going to I'm gonna share my email um, and I'll end it with um, a word that means everything to me, which is belief. Because if you believe in yourself, um, you can. You can do anything. Um, I change it a bit. I spell it B3LI3VE. Um, Y-O-U-C-A-N. So believe you can at gmail.com. That's my email. Um, and I do that because I want to embrace being unique. So once you find your chocolate and once you discover who you are, it may not look like everybody else. So I want you to no matter what, believe in who you are and you can, you, you can have a new life. You can forgive, you can heal. So, um, start sending me some stories. Have you seen, I'm not your guru. No. Oh man, you'd love that. Oh, oh, write that one down. Write that down. Netflix. It's Tony Robbins. I'm not your guru. All right. Oh no. Uh oh. I like Tony Robbins. And I want you to email me, text me as you're watching it. All right. I can multitask you. Okay, now. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a game changer. Stuff. It's a game changer. Awesome. It's 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 awesome. You'll love you'll love it. All right. Well, Yasmin Young, thank you. It was thank a pleasure you. getting to know Absolutely. you better. Likewise. Thank you for everything you're doing. Yes. And, and you know what? I know my audience is women, but y'all need to find your chocolate, too. I haven't yes. gone down that road yet with the men. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Wow. Mine has coconut in it. Ugh. Thanks so much for listening to the Jones Zone Podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode.